friends, and I want to welcome you to Annie's Pink Chair, where we invite presence, we inspire purpose, and ignite the passion into the heart to share God's love across the world. I have such an incredible guest today that we're doing part two, and if you did not see part one, I want you to go back to see part one with Truth Seeker. My friend Truth Seeker is an amazing wildcat person. He is a soldier. I see a general in the army. And God called Truth Seeker out at, of demonic witchcraft when he was a teenager after almost losing his mind as demons would pull him into portals and try to communicate with them at will. And after rededicating his life back to Jesus in September 2000, Oh, he finds creative ways now to minister to the people stuck in similar places that God freed him from. Truth Seeker now shares his encounters with angels, demons, and the true spirituality that he has found in the Bible and walking with Jesus at his weekly podcast. His podcast has been ranked number one for six weeks straight, and God has given him favor with the spiritual and new age communities as he weaves the gospel message into his interviews. Truth Seeker is radical. My friends, he is radical, for sure, and may seem out of the box. Y'all can't handle that, right? Can you handle it? He's out the box. To many ordinary churchgoers, like us, right? That's because he was radically delivered from the realms of the demonic and is now a mightier warrior for Jesus. Truth, again, thank you so much, my brother. For coming on. I just love your heart, your spirit, all that. Wow. Whew. This is a heavy one, dude. I love this. And again, I want to say to all the people listening to out right now, if you're sensitive to demons, you can leave the room, but I would not recommend you shutting the TV off, shutting the podcast off. You need to hear what this man has to say. So truth, uh, we heard a little bit about your story. You were being visited when you were four years old in your bedroom by shadow people. And they were trying to hold you down in your bed. And those obviously were demons. And then you met a warlock when you were a teenager, right? And yeah. this warlock invited you into his home. He had parties. He was in his 40s, which I was going to ask you questions about that. Because what is a 40-year-old doing inviting young teenage boys <laughs> into his home <laughs> like I'm like, girls you know, too. <laughs> okay okay yeah girls, right but i'm just yeah i mean it's what, like what was going out, like, a sore parties thumb. right like were, were kids having sex were they doing drugs was there trafficking going on like tell me more about why he was doing yeah. this do you think he was building his army for satan what do you think yeah um you, you, it's funny thing is they, they had a nickname for him. They, they called him dad or pops. And so this was in a trailer park where just like my story, you have a bunch of kids who don't have a father. And even though I would say he's much of a father, he's a male older guy who's cool with everybody and is a friend. So they called him dad and pops and, and he had, you know, a job and he had a, a place where people could come hang out and he was cool with letting people crash over and hang out. So his spot just kind of always turned into the party spot because he didn't care. Um, and so it's in the trailer park and that's where everybody congregated and to go hang out with pops. So that's, it was like, I don't know if it was, you know, 
by design or by default, you know? Yeah. I think that it, it's really important that we share this part because you came from a broken home. Your dad left when you were very young. And mm-hmm. so you were jumping from school to school. I totally identify with this. You had to always make yourself the new kid. That's really uh, hard to fit in. So when you yes. find a, someone like Pops, everyone's congregating. You, you find a gang and now you all of a sudden feel like, hey, I have people that care about me. I feel like yeah. I belong. You don't feel as lost. And, yeah. you know, and I think that's what Satan in his realm wants us to feel rejected, fearful, like we don't belong. And when he gets his people to invite us, we suddenly feel like we're important. Did that mm-hmm. make you feel important to be invited into his co- small community? Even though you ripped him off, your friends were doing it too. You ripped off some games and he sent uh, some guardians to protect his items. And they were from the demonic realm you were sharing earlier. Tell us more about that. It was a camel looking figure and it chased you yeah. down. Yeah. After stealing that from him, um, you know, I got deeper into, uh, just the, the practice, you know, trying to do the rituals that are in the books that I had. And it was, a, you know, I was out of state for a couple months and, um, just found a little bit of stuff that worked, you know, and had weird encounters, but, but I felt like that was marked after stealing from him. Um, those few months later I ended up coming back to Alabama, which is where he was. Um, and I hadn't seen him since. And we go back over there and I'm like, I got to apologize because like I got to just at least say I'm sorry, but you need to tell me what it was. And that's what happened. Wow. I went back over there and said, hey, Pops, I'm sorry for stealing from you. It was a dumb move. I'm sorry. Please forgive me, man. And he's oh, it's cool, man. Don't worry about it. I said, but you got to tell me. You got to tell me. What was that? I hadn't talked to him. He started laughing. Oh, well, I had a protection protection spell on my belongings. And if anything leaves my property past my property line, then the spirits are loosed to go and get my belongings and bring it back. And then I went and performed a ritual on you when when it came back to the house and they summoned an elemental spirit to go out and to do its bidding. They went back there and conjured a spirit that showed up in this reality. So you're talking about looking for power and those kind of things. You think it would push you away, but it, it, it drew me deeper because I knew that there was at least something real there that was tangible in this reality and in the spirit world. Wow. I, I just can't imagine what you felt like. I, so Tell me more about you. You wanted to get that power. How did you start studying and becoming that disciple to try to conjure these demons? Yeah. I, this sounds well, like we're in a movie right now. It sounds crazy, but everyone, oh, don't sure. stop watching and don't stop listening. Please listen. Yeah. For, <laughs> for, for, for the disciple thing, it was like, he told me what I wanted to know, <laughs> which is how discipleship should go. You know, like this, you know, the pupil is hungry for knowledge, you know, about God, about the Bible and those things. But for me, it was for the demonic. And I had somebody who was just telling me these stories and how do you do it? How do, and, and he wasn't very clear. i tell you what, one thing that he was clear on is that he paid a price for that. 
that he was tormented, that that he that they those beings visited him in the night through dreams and through pulling his energy, through tormenting him and sickness and all of those kind of things. Right. I did remember that part. Um, but when I tapped in to go deeper and when I say that, it's just doing as many rituals as I could. We were mm-hmm. still stealing books from the witchcraft stores and from Barnes and Nobles, but I would steal the books and try to do all the spells and like none of them would work. And I get more and do the spells and rituals and meditations and meeting these spirits and none of them would work. I, I wanted to ask you a question. Like, are there fake spell books that people just make up? Mm. And are there like really ancient, old, like books that are with, you know, obviously satanic scripture? Is, is there any difference in that? Or can people just make something up and sell it as a product on the bookshelves bo- to make money? Yeah, it's both. It's both because it becomes real when the person believes it. One of the most um, terrifying witchcraft books out there is one called the Necronomicon. And that was one of the books I had. And it's the Book of the Dead. I was scared to death of it. To read the rituals that these beings pop up and they'll cut you and you got to offer blood. It was a lot of crazy stuff. But it was scary to read those stories. And people laugh because H.P. Lovecraft is the writer and he wrote fiction. And this was just another one of his works. But the fact that you move into believing it and giving it energy and life and your imagination and your thought. And if you believe it's real, it becomes, isn't that what the scripture says that as a man thinketh in his heart, so shall he be whatsoever you believe is, is possible. It is the same works, no matter what you believe in. And so, yeah, you have a lot of the, the ancient stuff, and then a lot of the, the new stuff that, that borrows, that becomes somebody's reality. It became mine. That is really incredible how you said that as a man thinketh, so he becomes. Because that's so true. Because I think about, let's just think about all the crime in the world and all the murders. And, and mm-hmm. I just have to say, you know, arms dealers, war people that are causing war, that are bombing and killing others, um, human traffickers. Don't you think there's something and just that is possibly there's a spell on them. There's a, there's a demonic like energy that is hovering close to them, around them, oppressing them. If they're Christians, if they're not like that is possibly controlling them. Is this evil that we see in our world? Is this from the demonic realm? Yeah. Yeah. Energy is everything. Um, manipulation um, is magic, is witchcraft essentially. But in Christ, I believe we are to look at a bad situation and change it for good. To look at somebody who's a hopeless wreck and say, you know what? Because a pimp looks at you. Mm-hmm. Come on, Annie. A pimp looks at yeah. you and says, hmm, there's potential here. There's money to That's be made. Right. Jesus right. looks and anybody who has Jesus in them looks at the same woman and says, you know what? There's potential. There's someone who whose heart I can touch and I know I can heal her. It's simple. Like I've healed many of her kind before. And let me see her um, being able to look at a situation and change it. Everything is magic. Words are magic. But the whole world is under the guise of the wicked one. And so this mm. 
spiritual. I mean, people get weird with that word. I mean, I'm from that realm and I talk to those people and I speak their language. Right. But everything is spiritual. Let's say that there's not a thought that you think there's not a word that you say or read. Obviously, you shared it in the last episode, the energy from reading a book. I feel that when I read the Bible, I yeah. feel that when I read somebody's testimony, I, I feel it when I share my testimony. Now, I've been sharing my testimony for 22 years wow. and it's getting it, there's more potency on it right now. Yeah. Like there's, there's some I can, sometimes it's light. hard to get through it. Yeah. Like it's real. Like words are words are spells. Let, let, let's, let's definitely talk about that. Let's talk about your testimony because you said you were con trying to conjure up and reading and reading and casting. Were you casting spells? That's what you were doing, right? Trying to pull yeah. the, the demonic realm into the, yep. our this world, realm. right? Or just, just to see them and to interact yeah. with them, give them orders and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. what happened? Because what was the ultimate <laughs> The yeah. ultimate uh, truth that okay. got shown to you about the demonic realm. <laughs> the rock bottom. Um, the rock yeah. bottom for me was doing all those spells and rituals and none of them really working over the years um, to just a, a window of, of a few months where I got really serious and did as much as I could. You know, I had little paranormal stuff happening here and there, whispers and visions and shadows, you know, that little kind of stuff. But I wanted something real. I wanted to be able to call its name and it shows up on command. Um, so I went crazy and started doing all of them. Again, none of them worked until, like I say, they all worked at the same time. Whoa. And I would be um, my, my health started to deteriorate. I started coughing up blood daily. Um, what? I would be talking. I'll be sitting on the couch talking to my girlfriend, looking at her in a mid conversation. I would be sucked into a portal. And I would see faces and shapes and ghosts and colors. And, and they would all be trying to talk to me at the same time. My body would turn pale. I would get cold and I couldn't move and I, I would quit breathing and I'd be crying. And these spirits were trying to get my attention in this other realm. And suddenly I would pop back into my body mid conversation. Mm. And you would think that that's what you're looking for, right? You want to be a medium. You want to do that. Like, they saw somebody who was desperate and somebody who had opened up themselves and it went from zero to a hundred real quick. Um, and it started happening and I, I, at will, I couldn't turn it off and it was scary. It was terrifying. They were speaking foreign languages. Um, st I started like going into public and to go get food or go to the grocery store and I couldn't look people in the face. It was like spiritual gifts or psychic abilities in this case were all, all the way up. I knew things about people. I knew what they had for dinner. I knew what they were thinking, but I mean, everyone at the same time going into public and this is from nothing to 100. And it was, it was psychosis and I couldn't look people in the eye because I knew stuff about them. And I had to whisper what I wanted to eat at like McDonald's to my girlfriend because I couldn't look to tell her in the eye and tell them uh, it was intimidation. It was craziness. It was chaos it, and confusion in my in my mind and in my spirit. It sounds like you might have been. Uh, do you think you were possessed or do you think oh, you yeah. were oppressed or were you both? I, I think I was, I think I was possessed. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, yeah it, like who's like, you know, potato, potato, like 
it's just, it was overwhelming. And uh, I, I knew I was going to end up in a psychiatric ward. I was going to end up on, on medication, right. dead or in a straitjacket, because I felt like yeah. these entities had finally, you know, got a hold of me and, and they were taking my mind from me. Like they wanted to mm-hmm. live inside my mind. And I knew of me trying to they, tell somebody this, there was yeah. like no way to explain it. Like, what do you tell a doctor? Okay, we got the right pill for you, you know? <laughs> here's the no. red pill, here's the blue pill, here's the white pill, here, yeah, we don't know. Do you think that the, those, the energies from the other realm were trying to get your energy so that they could live in this realm? Because that's how they yeah. operate, right? They have to learn, yeah. they have to suck our energy like a vampire yes. out of us to get themselves to manifest. That or is live so in, inside an individual and fully possessed where they literally um, get to taste the food that you eat and the thoughts that you think. And wow. yeah, they, ha- they have to have a host. Every, every, every spirit has to have a host, right? Yeah. That's crazy. Even the Holy so spirit has to yeah. dwell within yeah. the hearts of believers so that Christ can interact with humanity through his bride, through us. Yes. That's really, really great. That's a super great point just to give people hope. Because we're almost done. I want to hear the story about you mm-hmm. going to your rock bottom and looking in the yellow pages and tell us what happened. <laughs> so I had one day that it was just really hard. And I knew when night came, they kind of got to do what they want. It was something when the sun goes down at night, you know, where are yeah. you going to make it through the night? So right. started having those experiences and got my girlfriend to pray with me. She didn't believe in God, but I was like, you need to pray with me because this is, I'm, I'm going insane. She prayed. I felt better. Woke up the next morning, went to the bedroom and just took everything and threw it away. Like all the posters and all the uh, CDs, like everything I could, the altars and the idols, everything I could, threw it away. I got to get my life back right with God. I got to get my life back right with God because I've been a Christian a few years before and I knew mm-hmm the Holy Spirit. I knew his presence and I was the furthest thing away from it. And I longed for it. And I knew it was the only thing that can save me. My girlfriend's freaking out. What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm telling her, listen, either you go live with your parents or Mm -hmm. follow Christ with me. And um, so that happened. And then I went to the phone book. I need prayer. Somebody pray for me. You know, I'm got demons in me. And I called like 17 churches you, in the yellow wait, pages. Wait, wait, wait. You, you told, uh, you left a voice message. I've got demons in me. You can call me back. <laughs> yeah. Can you please call me? I got several demons trying to, trying to kill me. Can you call me back? Yeah. Oh, wow. And then what happened? Because I mean, you better. And be then you were saying every pastor. church called me back. Every church. No. One, mm. one church called me back. I'm super, super embarrassed about this for the body of Christ. Really, guys? Yeah. Really? One church out of how many did you call? 17 or so. That That's, what percentage is that? Hmm. Is that like a 2%, 3%? <laughs> is that, that's, a, that's about a 5%, right? About 5% mm. callback rate? Maybe I'm saying it wrong. That's, that's no, that's less than that, yeah. isn't it? Wow. So, and the uh, pastor called me back, prayed with me over the phone. Not only that, but back in the day, back in the nineties, you probably remember this pastors used to make house calls Yeah, they and they used to go to where the sick were. And it wasn't at a luncheon. It was uh, at a hospital or going to visit so-and-so sick family. This, that was, I mean, that was a Christianity. I remembered as a child. Mm -hmm. Um, And the guy, the pastor came to the house and he prayed with me and uh, ended up, 
coming to pick us up and bring us to Bible study and bring us to church, the pastor to give us a ride in those things. So, um, wow. This yeah, is, this I rededicated real, my life this back is to the real, Lord. Wow. And it was a long, God bless that man. God journey. bless that man. Yeah. And how, how, how did he guide you? I mean, cause obviously, you know, did he tell you Jesus is the way? Like, did he just say, look, just surrender? What was his main advice to you? Yeah. I don't remember. I knew that, like I already knew. I just need somebody who had more of God in them to pray for me. You know what I'm saying? And it really could have probably been anybody, to be honest with you. Uh, just because I've been a Christian a few years before, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit uh, upon profession, confession. And um, I had that bliss. I had that joy. I had that love in my life. So I knew rock bottom and I knew I can sing of your love forever, lost in worship, 1998. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Holy Ghost, as soon as I mm-hmm. I can feel him all over my I remembered that. And I was the furthest away from it. So to get him that to come worship, to pray. <laughs> that worship, I remember the worship in the beginning mm-hmm. of my, my surrendered walk finally. That really, really brought me into the presence of God mm-hmm. and the realm of the Holy Spirit. Just that. It was so beautiful. And I love getting in that space when I start my day out. I'll turn on some worship music or I'm cleaning my house and I'll turn it up and everything just comes together. Um, So tell us more like you. So you just decided to disciple people like what called you into ministry? We have about five minutes left, but you can tell us, can't you? Yeah, man, just having that heart for for people. I mean, at first, to be honest with you, like I was scared. I had to like it took a long time to renew my mind and to not be, it was a form of PTSD. So yes. I couldn't really be around those people. We tried to go back and win our old friends because we moved back to where we were from with all those friends and we hadn't seen them in months. And all they wanted to do was like get high. And I was like, well, we just want to hang out. Like we haven't seen you. And so that kind of thing, teenagers, but of course, um, of course, you know, that, Early on, like we won some of them, mm-hmm. we won some of them and they would kind of, you know, bicker and what was real. And you're just looking for, you just, you didn't find God, you found religion. I was like, nah, this is the real deal, oh, man. Like that is not fair. I don't like it when people yeah. say that. Yeah. Uh, and so having that heart, heart for yeah. for those people and for just, you know, for me, because mm-hmm. those, I, those were my friends. Like I see myself in them. And so now, you know, whatever ministry I do is is targeted to the younger version of myself, the, the, right. the version of me that needed a father, the version of me that needed a friend that was trying to consult spirits, even as friends, just to say, hello, I'm lonely. Like, I want to I know that those people exist and I speak to them through the camera. You know, I speak to them through my music and through my book and, and through my posts on Facebook and those kind of things, just to, just to see who they are and to get them to look, mm-hmm. look up. And, um, God's just, you know, he, that, that natural empathy for those people. I don't have to act like I care or p- pretend that I care. I really do. And I do have favor, um, to not be scared because I've been there and been scared. And most of the Christians are like intimidated even now, even the strong Christians that I know, they think that the demons and devils are stronger than them. But I tell people, I think that the 
weakest Christian you know is stronger than the strongest warlock or witch that could ever exist. And if you would understand the power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, man, lives inside of you and you shouldn't Mm. fear or be intimidated by any spirits, by any narrative. We create the narrative. That's not my story. That's not, I don't respond to that. That's not my name. And now we have that power to go forth and to declare the things of God and his promises and how he loves deeply all of those people. And especially the ones that are overlooked and forgotten like me. And you just said exactly what I wanted you to say. I don't know if you're reading my mind or what truth, but that person that's watching right now, you just spoke to their heart because maybe they are lost and maybe they are seeking out the supernatural and they just don't want to be lonely Mm. and they want to know that there's something more to this life. There's another realm. There's another uh, dimension that, because our lives are very short, like a hundred years, 70 years. We don't know 60. If you could die tomorrow, what would you tell that person right now? Mm. You know, about the best advice you could give them. You got about one minute. Got you. The hungers and the interests that you have within you are from God, but there's a right way and a wrong way to do things. Power, love, authority, the spirit realm, all of that stuff is real. And if you have an interest, God's probably calling you to it, but to do it the right way, talk to him. Talk to God. Ask God to reveal himself to you in a mighty way. Ask Jesus to become real in your life. Tell him you want to see them. I want to see you, Father. I want to see Jesus. If you're real, show yourself to me. Just like I did the demons. Show yourself. Do it to Jesus. And he shows up in a powerful way. And he's more real, more potent than anything um, that exists. And that realm is more real and it's eternal. And so I encourage you to look to Christ. He is a ever-present help in time of need, man. Amen. Now, remind us where they can get a hold of you and where we can watch your podcasts and listen. Great. Yes. Truthseeker.com. Truth, S-E-E-K-A-H.com. Everything that I do is there. My book, my ministry, my podcast, my music, all of that good stuff. You can go there and check it out. Truth. I I really would like you to come back on again. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your amazing testimony. And thanks for coming on Pink Chair. And I believe that you're going to touch and reach so many more people on this show right now. So thank you. And God bless you. And may you continue in your fantastic work for our realm with the Holy Spirit in God's kingdom. God bless you, Truth. We'll see you soon. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for coming on Annie's Pink Chair. We'll see you next time. I'm Annie Lobert. See you later. Hi, friends. It's Annie Lobert from Annie's Pink Chair, and I am actually on location at our nonprofit ministry called The Destiny House. And do you feel and see the presence that's going on here, the peace, the calmness, the comfort, the beautiful grass, the trees. This is what each woman comes to when she enters our Destiny House program for sex trafficking victims. Would you please consider partnering with us monthly? 
or just send us a one-time donation, just go to our website at hookersforjesus.net and click on donate. And listen, your donation goes to a good cause and it's tax deductible. Thank you so much.